Today's scripture is Galatians 5, 13, and 14. Please read with me. For you, brethren, have called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opinion, but serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. would like to invite Jennifer Scroggins and Madison and I think there was one other baptism the previous week was that one other person here I don't remember who it was Laura oh Cora Cora Scroggins also come right up here These young ladies have made their decision to follow Jesus, and I, I don't take that lightly. I've been a youth director before at camp, and the decisions that are made there are very real. And uh, I know that we were not part of it, but we did see the baptisms on the, uh, on the screen. And we do want to welcome two of you. This is your first time you were baptized, correct? And Madison, you rededicated your life to Jesus last week. So I would like to uh, have you welcome them into church. Who would like to welcome them into our church? All right. We want to say welcome to the family. I have one certificate here, but I have to have Pastor Zach sign it and uh, a book, but I will also get another one. This is Jennifer. This is yours. And then I will get one to you also, okay? Uh, we just want to say welcome to the family and that we are very proud of your decision to follow Jesus and we support you. Amen. You can go back to your seats now. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that brought my heart to fear, a grace my fears relieved. How precious did the grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His words my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail, and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. This was written by John Newton. I don't know if any of you know about John Newton. Some of you might be if you're history buffs or whatnot. But let me tell you about this man as he wrote this. He was not like most people. In fact, he served for 
His Majesty's Army, actually Navy, and in doing some shenanigans and things, ended up running away while telling his people underneath him that you will be court-martialed if you run away and you would desert, and he deserted. And it was up to his captain whether he died or was lashed. His captain decided to lash him as an example. And one thing led to another and unemployment and all kinds of things. He ended up, as many Europeans did at his time, a slave in West Africa. And some of you are like, hey, wait, you're rewriting history. No. That was common practice. That slavery is something that goes back many years. But this story has a different outcome. Yes, he was a slave, and as he was serving his time as a slave, his father sent for him and bought him back. And that's a wonderful story. You know, father comes and buys the, the son back, but that's not all that happened. He sailed back to England, and when he got there, his father had left just days before to the new territories in Canada and the United States. He never saw his dad again in person, but they wrote letters back and forth. The thanks could not be portrayed in the letters for him rescuing him from slavery. After he was a slave, he became a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and eventually worked himself up as a ship captain. And guess what his ship was in charge of doing? Buying and selling slaves. Well, and rum and sugar and indigo and cotton and all the tobacco and all that kind of stuff too. But as he was listening to the human beings that were in his cargo, something pricked his conscience and he could not sail anymore with that ship. He could not do that. His mind was like, I cannot do this anymore. It is against what God is telling me to do. I mean, he tried to take care of them the best that he could. He had almost none of them die because he made sure that everybody, including his crew, was well fed. But he couldn't take it anymore when they started singing because he had already heard those singing songs. Freedom. 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 He walked off the ship and days later he heard that the same ship that he was on sank with all hands on deck and everyone died. He knew that the grace of God was something that he could not ever compete with and that he could never become more than. So it's amazing to me to read the story and to see the story. And I saw little video clips because I, I realized that you could actually download and rent the movie, but it was Friday night and, you know, you don't do that as a pastor. But as I watched the clips and I saw how he interacted with people, it was amazing to me to see this. As he was studying on the way back, and as he was studying because he had time now, he was not on the ship, he decided to go to the scriptures. In fact, he taught himself Greek and Hebrew. Let me tell you, that is a feat. Greek and Hebrew is not easy. And he read the scriptures, and he found out that David one time was reading something out of the Chronicles, and it undid him. 
I'll go there a little bit later, but it's amazing to me to read in the Bible and to see stories like this, the parallels that run. If you look at his life and you look at the life of David, it is an amazing parallel because this guy, basically, he was a slave at one point. David was a slave to a lot of things, including a captive king. He was a slave captain. He owned slaves. David owned slaves. And then he became sick. After studying the Bible, this man became sick and he almost died. David became sick too a number of times. In fact, his sickness was mental, physical, and spiritual. If you look at the things that David did, as the ship sank and all the hands on deck died, he had to come to grips with reality. And as David lost not one, but two and three sons, he had to come to the reality that something was wrong in his life. A new desire started to well up in David, and a new desire started to well up in John Newton. I must serve God. I must serve God because I am so unworthy that the only thanks that I can give is my life dedicated to him. When God calls the chief of sinners, what does it look like to the rest of us? What do you do when you're given a second chance? What happens when you're given freedom after being a slave? A lot of times we get angry and want to kill the slave owner. But if you look at it, you realize that once you're freed, you realize that everyone around you is enslaved to something. What happens when you're given freedom from that slavery? The thankfulness is something that you and I can't even express. When you're given the freedom from something that you've been toiling over for years and years and years, what does it feel like to all of a sudden be like, I'm free. I have no worries because I don't have the slavery to this thing. But that little, I'm the chief of sinners, kind of sticks there because the devil's whispering in your ears, you're not good enough. But we can see as we look at the life worked out with John Newton and with David that you are worth something, no matter if you're a king or a pauper. We can see that this life will be worked out if we have God there as our co-pilot the question is, what have we done with our life since we found out that we are no longer slaves to the devil? We've wished for years that Jesus has freed us, but now what do we do when we are freed from the devil? I see this parallel when faced with trials of the world and the certainty of Jesus' return. How do we conduct ourselves? Not that we're David or John Newton, but how do we conduct ourselves now that we have been freed indeed? When Jesus is returning soon, what do we as people do? We can look like John Newton and the others that fought against slavery and say, you know what, it's all about that. It's about being free. That's the, that's the reason why we're Christian, is about being free from the guilt of sin. Or... Or we can say, like them and like David even, now that I have been freed, I have seen myself be broken and repaired by God. I will follow God no matter what happens in my life. <laughs> 
Too often we follow God until somebody else does something against us. Or we follow God until God allows something bad to happen. But when someone is broken and been repaired by God, I can't but, but think of the same things that John Newton was thinking when he read this one text, and I'd like you to turn there with me today. First Chronicles 17. Like, wait a minute, Pastor. The Old Testament has hope? <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, there is hope through all Scripture. Because you, if you look at Adam and Eve, from there on, there is a new covenant in Jesus. It just wasn't realized yet. First Chronicles 17, I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. This is what really cut John Newton to the, to the core. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. And he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O God. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come, and have regarded me according to the rank of a man of high degree, O Lord God. And I'm going to continue on. What more can David say to you from the honor of your servant? For you know your servant. You know me, God. O Lord, your servant's sake and according to your own heart, you have done all of this greatness in making known all of these great things. O Lord, there is none like you. This is what inspired those words, amazing grace. You see, amazing grace is not something you get, but a partnership that you buy into. I feel inadequate to do these things. I feel inadequate to be a great shepherd. I feel inadequate to be a general. I feel inadequate to be a king. I feel inadequate to be a pastor. I feel inadequate to be a Seventh-day Adventist. And God says, <laughs> I'll take care of it. How many of you have ever seen this before? Have you actually read the speech? It's an amazing speech. I, I, I would like you to read it if you can. But it's, it's something that is a grappling with life and death and understanding where you stand in life. You see, no matter where you are this morning, no matter what slavery that you have been a slave to, no matter the things that you have done in your life, how have you treated others while you're in that situation? You still are faced with the one who dishes out the amazing grace, by the way. And yes, there still is a devil. But you can remain this morning in the fact that Jesus is there dishing out mercy to you and I. And I, I had a text earlier today, it was in the first slide, it says, don't use that mercy as opportunity to sin. Don't act as if you don't know me. Please just act like you're one of mine. Can you imagine what the, what the boat ride was back from Sierra Leone as John Newton has his freedom and is now riding in a different compartment of the boat, eating different kinds of food? and having different clothes on, what do you think he was thinking about? What do you think he was thinking about as his freedom was already purchased? What do you think the plans were when he was just sitting there 
not even helping with the riggings or being in prison down in the hole. I'll leave that up to your imagination. I'll leave that up to your imagination, but I can imagine that all of a sudden in his mind, these words started to start to come to the surface. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. It saved a wretch like me. You can remain this morning over and over again in your lost ways, or you can celebrate each day the life that you have been given. The second chance that you have been given to be a child that is redeemed or a king that has been redeemed from God, what will your work now look like? Will you be or not be? That is the question. And some of you are laughing because you've seen the same things that I have seen in my life. And sometimes those, those things are really funny. But they are serious as well as at the same time laughing. Because it is true. Are you going to be what you are going to be or are not? These take on different meanings for different people. But until you've worn them, it's hard to imagine. I have seen these many times and I've actually been shackled in them. And then to make it worse, they put you in the stocks while shackled in these. I don't know if you've ever been to any of those places but I was actually, these were put on and they put the locks on and then they put you into those stocks. Those are not good. I mean, I don't like them. They hurt, they chafe and all that kind of stuff. But when they put you in the stocks and those are on, whoo, let me tell you, talk about pain in ways that you never thought possible. But when John Newton started writing Amazing Grace, he was thinking about his experience wearing these. He was pushed from freedom into slavery. Tasting it himself, slavery had become widespread in the world and it was always centering around cheap labor. Or, and here's the big sinker, or people serving me like I'm a god. You're like, Pastor, we don't do that anymore. Don't we? One of the biggest selling movies right now talks about a slavery of a different kind that's happening in the United States right now. If you don't know about it, look up online and say, which movie is outselling Indiana Jones? And it's a movie about rescuing young people from slavery, the most terrible kind of slavery in the world. It's always something that I've had in the back of my mind looking because I know that many of my family members have been um, people that came to the United States and worked very hard to be who they are, starting the pineapple fields in Hawaii, picking pineapples, or starting in uh, harvesting grain in the Midwest. But nothing compares to some of the things that have happened in our country's history but we can choose to look at the good or we can choose to look at the bad. And I think as Christians, we can choose to look at the good things that have come out of this world and we can choose to be the good that is coming out of this world or we can look at everybody else and say, you know what, they're worse than me. 
1 Corinthians 17, 25 to 27, down at the end, after all of this that David's talking about with God, uh, verse 25 starts, For you, O my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build him a house. Therefore, your servant has found in his heart to pray before you. And now, Lord, you are God and have promised the goodness of your servant. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant and that it may continue before you forever. For you have blessed it, O Lord. It shall be a blessing forever. Can you imagine David after all that he has done that is good, bad, and ugly? God promises him until the end of the age, your name will never be forgotten. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Like David, I know that you will say today too that I am blessed and that I have hope and that I have God. And I don't know about you, but I can sing amazing grace over and over again. And by the way, just a tidbit the music that we use for Amazing Grace probably comes from um, the Celtic origins or from the United States. Nobody's really for sure on that, but it's not the original music. The original music has been all kinds of things. In fact, if you are Pastor Nelson and you lived your life and you've heard Amazing Grace many times, um, I've heard Amazing Grace Country. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I've heard, I think, even Elvis sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> and uh, Patty Duke and a number of others that, you know, in the past. I've seen Amazing Grace be sung by rappers because if you look at it, it's poetry. You can rap it. I've heard punk rock bands sing Amazing Grace. Some of you are like, no, no, I can't do that. But they're praising Jesus and there's a different tone to it. I've heard hard rock. I've heard pop. I've heard classical, I've heard jazz, I've heard it all because every single person can identify with the words. And when we sing it, it reminds us of what we have come from. So in closing, and I know it's a little early, but Pastor Nelson got too much sleep last night. After a week of, uh, by the way, the couches are more comfortable here than at Mayo, just saying that. But ending by saying this, amazing grace, how sweet that sound that saved someone like me. I once was lost, and by this world's standards, I was okay, but now I'm found. I was blind to what God really wanted me to see, but now I see it. Twas grace that brought my heart to stand still and know that I am me, to fear, and grace that relieved those fears because I don't have the responsibility of the sin anymore. How precious did that grace appear, that mercy, because I didn't deserve it. That hour I first believed, I can't even describe it. <laughs> Through many dangers, toils, and snares, not one of you has not been through one of those. <clears throat> Twas grace that brought me safe thus far 
and grace will lead me home. And this home is not the one I have here. I like my home here, but it's not the one I have here. The Lord has promised good to me, but pastor, your son's in the hospital. Praise God for the little things. Because the devil, he tries to destroy us, and you know what? Just to remind him, <laughs> your end is not pleasant. His word, my hope secure, when God says it, it's created in us. He will my shore, uh, shield and portion be. If you're on a, um, a ship and you are hungry and the waves are taking people out. In fact, one thing that when he came up from the underside of the ship uh, one time and he was seeing the storm that was happening. Whew, have you ever been on a storm at sea? I have been once between England and France. And they said the swells were 30 feet. And I looked out and I was like, eh, doesn't look bad. Doesn't feel bad either. Until about 15 minutes when we got into the real channel, the boat started doing this. And then I turned green. I turned green and went to the restroom. And uh, it was not pretty. But imagine even double that in a smaller ship. And as he is coming up and he looks to where the wheel is, the waves take him off and take the man off of the wheel and throw him into the, into the water and is never seen again. He goes up and grabs the wheel and tries to tie the wheel and try, tie himself to it. And in all of that, John Newton goes like this, just this, God help! And God showed up got them back safely to shore. Now, the ship was not exactly in the best of repairs, but got them back to shore. So as my shield and portion be, if you're a sailor, that means a little bit different because the food is going to be good and uh, you will be protected. Now, I can't find myself. Oh, there it goes. It made full page. As long as life endures, if you believe that God will only be by you a little bit of your life, don't think that at all. As long as your life endures, God is going to pursue you. It's just a matter of you accepting and giving your life to him. Yea, when the flesh and heart shall fail and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a joy, a life of joy and peace. When it's all over, what can you say? Can you say, I am full of joy and I'm full of peace? When we've been there talking about heaven, 10,000 years bright shining in the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first began. My friends, just because you're in heaven doesn't mean you can't sing heavenly songs. That you can't sing God's praises now. Because it says it doesn't matter where in your walk with Jesus, you can still sing the same song. And that is blessed to God. It, in my mind, would be amazing grace. So today in closing, as we close the scripture, look at the life of David. Look at the life of John Newton. And look at your life and realize that everything in your life so far has been amazing grace.
please stand with me and sing. We're gonna do the first and last verses of this song. Singing, singing to our grace giver. 